What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the State of the Arc podcast. My name is Mike. My name's Kazen. Uh, today we're going to be talking about when does a television series, but I guess it can be carried over into um, just a story in general. When does it overstay its welcome? When does it get too long? Games or books? Or okay. Uh, when does it uh. when does it start dragging out? How do you avoid? I think this is especially prevalent in television where they try to make something go as long as possible. I guess it could apply to sequels, though. Sequels for movies and books. Like, when does something drag out too long? Good sequels. Yeah. Like Final Fantasy 15. Once you've made 15 of a game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways, before we jump into that, though, um, anything that you've been playing? recently or anything you saw recently that you've been impressed by you want to let people know about no i finally did watch toy story 4 oh i watched it a couple weeks ago but um freaking there's some kingdom hearts references in that game like straight up really? kingdom hearts in, like in shout movie? outs like crazy in, in toy story 4 yeah really? i couldn't even believe it because usually disney just ignores kingdom hearts like completely ignores it they don't care about it really at all you know it's just a thing well it's toy story 4 there's like a scene where they have to like find the key um, of a thing to like open a door or a, or a lockbox or something like that. And the key is the freaking keyblade. It is straight up Sora's keyblade from Kingdom Hearts. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then the whole story of Kingdom Hearts 4, like some of the antagonists and such, are the exact ones that were in the game Kingdom Hearts 3. And I didn't th- think that Disney would do something like that. Like they always make stuff from the past and they always. Um, I don't know. It's really funny. They they usually don't for Kingdom Hearts. They usually don't lend future stuff that hasn't been released yet and put it in Kingdom Hearts. But that's exactly what they did with Toy Story Four. So mm. very very interesting. Crazy. I'm trying to think though, I saw some uh, bunch of Korean shows lately. I've seen Welcome to Waikiki, which is the funniest Korean show I've ever watched in my life. It was super super funny, super good. Waikiki, that's uh, that's Hawaii. That's it. So it's a <laughs> Korean trail that takes place in Hawaii. Yeah, but no, no, no. You you would think so, but it's Waikiki is just the name of the guest house that they run. It's all in Korea. Uh, it's not okay. in Hawaii at all. Gotcha. Yeah, it was kind of confusing to me at first too. So it's just a like a romantic you? comedy, or is it what kind of show is it? It's not. Well, it's I guess it's a little bit of romance comedy. It's me. It's just a comedy. It's like just a oh. comedy. So it's these three guys that live in a in a, a guest house and they run the guest house and people come through kind of like a hostel or like an Airbnb. People come through from different countries and they stay there. And then these guys are trying to run the whole place. It's just a really funny show. Rob wants to know. And Korean how... humor translates very well. Chocolate Rob. Uh, Korean humor um, there's a few parts that are weird. They have their own, like, it's equivalent to an English pun, I guess, where it's like, if you don't speak English super well, you don't get the joke. It's You don't get mm. the pun, right? It's, it doesn't work because it's like a play on words. Well, so a lot of those jokes don't really make sense, but that's with any language. The Korean humor is actually extremely funny. I know sometimes Chinese or Japanese shows, the humor doesn't come across as well. For some reason in Korean shows, uh, they do a really good job of it, I think. And they create the situations uh, with with Welcome to Waikiki. It's all about like the setup 
for the joke. So it's, it doesn't have as many laugh out loud, haha moments like the office or whatever, but they set up so well, the joke. And even, even sometimes you can see it coming from a mile away, but when it comes, they hammer it home. So well, the punchline with the setup of like 15 minutes going is just so freaking funny. Like there's this one scene where there's a woman, there's a guy who's an aspiring actor and there's a woman who's a method actor. Uh, and she is her character is um, has her daughter has been kidnapped by this guy, but because she's a method actress, um, she even when the cameras aren't rolling, like she's she's trying to to get revenge on this other actor, and she's like constantly. Anyways, it's really funny. She can't really control herself, and um, she's literally trying to kill him. And it's just such it's it goes on for like fifteen minutes, and it is so funny. Mm. I'm gonna have so, to check it out. I. I've yeah. only seen, but it's very similar to American comedy. So, I've only seen maybe like three, maybe four Korean uh, shows. But yeah. I remember for a while we were really into them, and it's it's kind of a nice breath of fresh air from like American TV shows. Yeah, they're very different. Well, they're different from our shows, but then they are kind of similar to each other in a lot of ways. They have a oh, lot of for the sure. same for uh, sure, yeah, tropes and stuff. Yeah, but they tell similar stories. In fact, very similar to what would you call it? The Cinderella kind of story. The the poor girl meets a rich yep. guy. Yeah. But she's being held back by and, and then somebody helps lift her out of her crappy life into a new life and all that kind of stuff. Classism is like always a part yes. of it with the rich people yeah. looking down on the poor people. Yeah. Basically every country in Asia is like that. I don't know why. But the, the class systems are very very ingrained. I think it's Confucianism, honestly. But well, nice. I have to check out uh, what was Hotel Waikiki or Welcome to Waikiki. Welcome. You really should Welcome. watch it. Yeah, because for the longest time, Secret Garden has basically been the funniest show, the Korean drama that I've watched. Um, until this show, one. Man. So this is nice. one that I think you'd get a kick out of. Sweet. I have to check it out. Chrissy's here in the chat. She uh, she loves Korean dramas as well. I'm sure that she'll be yep. into that. We'll watch that one together. Um, <laughs> okay, so I have been continuing to play Fire Emblem Three Houses, and I'm liking it better and better. Um, nice. The more that I play it, I last week I had talked about how the monastery like academy side of things was. I felt like it was too long, like there was too many like long yeah. periods in between battles and stuff. But mm. I think that it's just that there's a like a huge saturation of uh, information that happens when you're first doing that. It's like here's all this stuff you can do, like yeah. here's this and this and this, and it, it's a bit overwhelming. Mm. Uh, That's how Persona but, is as well, like Persona Five, where it's like you get into the school thing and it's like, when does this end? Cause it's hours and hours, but, but there's so much to do and you have to like make your, the right decisions as to which class you're going to go to and which club you're going to join and yeah. like which people you're going to talk to and you can't do it all. And so it's just really overwhelming. Yeah. And, but like I've played it probably another 10 hours since then. And it's gotten to the point where I've got it pretty much like a system to it and i just kind of like nice. go through it and get it done more quickly and so i'm liking it better um i i've i've i think hooked into the gameplay loop a little bit in such a way to where it's like okay now i'm now, now i know the characters a little better i i'm developing them into mm. specific classes i have plans and 
you know, like I'm instructing them to get better at this and that. And so, um, I, I like it. I like a lot. Uh, I'm going to keep playing it. I've heard really good things about it. It's gotten pretty good reviews so far. Yeah. It's, it's a fun game. Um, definitely, definitely a step up from like the last like major, uh, Fire Emblem release. I mean, I know they had Echo Shadow of Valentia, but that was a remake of one of the old, old titles. Uh, but this, this to me is a big step up from like fates. I still don't think it's like the best writing ever, but I don't think Fire Emblem has ever really been known for that. Mm. But, um, but it's, it's good. It's good. I like it. And then I also picked up, um, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Mm. Oh my gosh. That game is hard. And, uh, you know, I'm a from software fan. I, I love the Dark Souls games and Demon Souls mm. and Bloodborne and, um, what's what's so it's it's really really tough but it's because they've sort of like i feel like they trained me they trained my brain to think a certain way about how to play these games for several years and they've kind of reversed some of those like ways of approaching or thinking about combat in this game so that i'm kind of falling into habits or patterns that I would use successfully in something like Bloodborne or Dark Souls but in this game you can't you can't do it that way um like one one example is that like in in Dark Souls you have stamina right you're always trying to like manage your stamina so if you're if you're holding down your like your block button like put your shield out or whatever um, your stamina regenerates more slowly than if you let it down. So if you let go of the button and you, you have your shield down, your stamina regenerates more quickly. So the, the, the idea is like, don't just like spam hold your, yeah. uh, your shield out like that because your stamina will get used up and then you'll get staggered or whatever. And in this game, uh, they have posture, which is like, Essentially, like, if I'm attacking a guy and he's blocking the attack, his posture meter will build up until it breaks, and then he'll be open for, like, a death blow attack, right? Which is kind of of awesome because, you know, we had talked about in, you know, previous podcasts or whatever, but I I would love to see, like, a sword fighting game where you're not just, like, slicing a guy's health down so much, but you're, like... You're actually crossing swords until you actually right. like, get an opening and attack a guy. Sure. So it's not like you're slicing through them like a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is. I mean, you a lot of the bosses you have to kill them with like two death blows essentially. So okay. you know you'll break their posture and then like stab them through the chest or something, but then you have to like nice. do it again, kind of a thing, right? So that's not that's exactly what I was thinking. I guess. <laughs> but yeah. um. It's not exactly what I, but it's close. Anyways, yeah. it's really cool. But like, when you when you block in this game, when you hold down L to block attacks, your posture actually fills up faster, or or it regenerates faster. So it's kind of like a backwards concept from hmm. like Dark Souls. So, anyways, it's it's been hard to like learn it. 
and and not get used to like oh I'm gonna dodge like through an attack. You you don't have like invincibility frames quite the same way where you like the guy's attacking. Okay, I'm gonna like dodge like towards him or just around and then like get an attack off. You really have to train yourself to play very differently and think about it very differently. And um, I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun, but I have not progressed very far. I've probably played it like 10 hours and I'm still kind of like in a very early area, just farming it, like trying to like learn enemy patterns. They're very erratic, like the, the way enemies attack. So it's because one of the things you want to try and do is block at exactly the right moment to do like mm. a what's what's called it like a uh, i can't remember if it's called deflection but anyways you deflect and it, it it damages their posture a lot more if you do that whereas if i just block it damages my posture right but if i deflect his attacks with the right timing then it, we yeah, damage the enemy's posture and i can get a death blow quicker uh it's it's a lot of fun though uh, it's a lot of emphasis on stealth kind of like the 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 because from software made Tenchu before they made like the Souls games. Oh, so it's kind yeah, of a, before way long ago. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. a callback to Tenchu in some ways, but um, it's really good. It's really good. I like it a lot. Do you think there will come a time where um, from software finally makes a game that's just like too hard and people <laughs> won't buy it because it's just too hard? Like they I don't finally, know. what do you like jump the shark or they finally overdo it just way too much? Um, I don't know. I, I think that uh, they they have a pretty sound understanding of, like, how to make it fair, despite it being really difficult. I think, like, the average yeah. person would pick up a, any From Software game and feel it's too hard and, like, not really sure. be able to finish it. So they kind of know who they're going after. Uh, and those people, I think, especially as long as they, they make it really deep in terms of like how all the mechanics of the combat work and all the ways you can approach it all the different you know different play styles i don't know it's 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 not that the game is hard that's like not the call i guess that's not like what makes it memorable these games it's the choice the freedom to like approach it in so many different ways um and kind of overcome the challenges in the way that you want to but um big bad timber and this is something i actually looked up because i was really struggling he says suggestion for Sekudo: keep uh, just keep tapping the deflection basically spam it it will help you out a lot that's that's what i'm hearing because rather than holding l down to just sit there and block if you're like tapping it a bunch you're gonna like almost inadvertently have the right timing when you press it when the attack's coming in so that you will get a deflection rather than like waiting for the attack and then like trying to press it by the time you just sit there and pop 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 and just like just tap always... that button then you'll get the deflections <laughs> so i'm gonna try that out i'll try that out next time i, I also got the i think it's, i can't remember the name of the ability mikaru or something like that which is some kind of um counterattack to thrusting attacks with spears because I was fighting a mini boss who uses a spear and you can't block thrusts you can only deflect thrusts with exactly the right timing so or dodge out of the way and it's hard the timing on it is really tough so Mikiri yeah I just barely unlocked that 
which uh, where it's where you kind of like step or like dodge into the attack from what I understand I haven't tried it yet but I gotta go uh, practice that with the they have this um, this character who like he basically spars against you like at the home base area um, he's like an undead guy it's he's a really funny character though because he's like he's kind of like a zombie like he can't be killed He's just like I'll be I'll be your like practice dummy basically. You can come just like wail on me. Oh, no. <laughs> and I can be useful to someone. You know, he's just like happy to be useful in his life to have purpose again. But you just like stab at him and like freaking death blowing, cutting into him and just like messing him up. And he's like, "Oh, good job." And he like teaches you all these skills. Uh it's great though. Oh, and it comes in default uh with the Japanese audio. So oh, I've been Good. playing in <laughs> Japanese with the English subtitles. It's 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 awesome. Nice. Uh, Matt should be yeah. Matt says the lack of choice is kind of a gripe of mine with Sekiro. To be honest, I like the game, but you basically have to learn to parry in order to play the game right, or at least it feels mm. that way more than the Souls games. And yeah, that that is the one thing I'm noticing is that you know Souls is so open in terms of all the different ways you can approach it and the builds and stuff like that. And that this isn't so much that way. You have a character who's an established character. He has his, like, his own personality and name and background. He's not like a, a nameless, faceless character that you can kind of like customize, right? So he's a shinobi. He's a, he's a freaking like ninja. Yeah. Um, and so you basically more along a linear path. There are some choices for what, what, skills you want to unlock but uh i like it though i really like the combat a lot i think it's great okay i gotta um, mention one more thing though go. real quick i started watching a korean series just just to get a kick out of it it was it's a cheap one it's not one of the big budget ones it's called um revenge note and it revenge is note. death note it's death what? Note, except what instead instead of um death instead of when you write someone's name they die you write someone's name and just something bad, bad happens to them. I think Korean has a lot more um censorship and it's a lot it's a lot less uh, violent I guess in Korean television than in Japanese TV. Uh, they have a lot more like standards and stuff that J- J- Japan doesn't have. Anyway, so it's called Revenge mm. Note, but instead of a book, it's like a phone app. And then you you get the app, and then you type the name, and then the person something bad happens to him. It's very different though. There's no Shinigami, and uh, yeah, it's super different. It's not very good. I watched probably the first two episodes. I'll probably watch the whole thing just because I'm learning Korean. But it's not one I suggest to anyone. But it's so funny because it actually kind of exemplifies the differences between Korean media and Japanese media because they're not as similar as you might think. And in Japan, you can do a lot more crazy crap and get away with a lot more on TV mm. than you can in Korea. In Korea, they blur out like even a knife. Somebody pulls a knife on somebody, it's like um, pixelated. What do you call it? It's uh, it's censored. Really? Basically. You can't actually see the knife. Yeah. And what? a lot of times when somebody's stabbed and there's blood, the blood is pixelated. So <laughs> it's like, oh, man. So there's a lot of limitations in Korea. We're going to get into Korean dramas a little bit more later. But... I think some of the limitations actually help to um, Koreans to be uh, more creative, I suppose, but they're kind of weird. They're kind of weird because they don't censor guns. That's the weird 
this thing. That that was about to say. I I've saw uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the city whatever hunter. City hunter. Yeah. yeah. As like now, the, City Hunter. Those... So they only started censoring knives probably about five six years ago. So City Hunter was before that. Mm. But yeah, they don't censor guns. Um, in part because guns are illegal in South Korea, nobody has one, right? But um, knives are legal, and so I guess they felt more sensitive towards censoring knives than guns because no one has a gun in South Korea. That is crazy. Very man. interesting. Yeah, very weird stuff. So yeah, there's some huge differences, but we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Well, let's do it now. Um, All right. So, so our our main topic is when does a series overstay its welcome? A television series, but this could apply for novels too or movies or whatever. It's just a story. When does a story overstay its welcome? When does it go on sure. for too long? I'll I'll probably be more specific to TV shows, but there's definitely, I mean, this applies to just about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you so, think? Because uh, you you were talking about the Korean dramas; they only ever go for one season. They Korea. only ever go for one season, ever. Like ninety five percent of the time, Korean dramas are one season and then they're done, one and done, and that's it. Doesn't matter how popular it was; they almost never make a season two ever. And I respect the heck out of that. I think that's super cool because American shows. I'm going to rip on American shows for a little bit. So some of you guys might really like, you know, shows like Lost or, I don't know, shows that go on, Law and Order or whatever, shows that just go on forever. Um, But, like, I especially like plot-based shows, shows that are essentially, you know, more or less plot-based. They have, I feel like they they should only ever be, they should be way shorter than they are. In the United States, you get a season one of a show that's plot-based and it does really well. And they kind of just keep going until finally, eventually, somewhere down the line, people start to lose interest and get frustrated. And then they're like, okay, now let's end it. And I think that's such a mistake. It ruins the piece. It ruins, it ruins the art of the whole thing, I think. Because the story should be planned from the beginning. And you should tell the story in the exact pacing and beats and, you know, exactly how you feel that it should be told from beginning to end. And there shouldn't be any breaks in between. But the problem, at least in the United States, is that TV shows aren't, you don't, no one orders seven seasons of something up front, right? So you can't go to ABC or Fox or NBC or any of the big uh, news or not news networks, any of the big um, entertainment networks and say, Hey, I got seven seasons of a show. Give me a billion dollars right now. And I'll slowly make it and we'll release it over the next, you know, 10 years. And no one's going to go for that unless I think Amazon is doing that for Lord of the Rings, but that's because they know that it's going to be super successful. So that's a little bit different. Um, Same thing probably with Game of Thrones, because that was just the books were already there. They were successful. People liked them and they were able to kind of, you know, go with that, you know, and the books were already written. So that kind of helped them a little bit until they got ahead of the books, my understanding is. But the whole point is when you just submit season one of a show. You make season one, 10, 20 episodes, however much. You have no idea if the season's going to order or if the, if the network is going to order a season two or not. You have no idea. So you, you can't plan for that. You don't know how many seasons you're going to make. And that, in my opinion, from the very beginning is a flawed piece of art. It is going to end up biting them in the butt later on because you're having to make it up as you go on the fly. 
And inevitably, people start to lose interest. It becomes way less interesting than it used to be. And finally, they have to, okay, let's just end it like this. And it usually doesn't feel like the best uh, ending, generally speaking. So I just absolutely hate that. And one of the reasons I basically never watch American TV anymore, aside from the fact that I learn languages and I'm always trying to watch the media of whatever language I happen to be learning at the time. Um, and lately, well, a while ago it was Korean, but basically no matter what I what language I happen to be learning at the time, I still watch Korean dramas now all the time because they have one season. It is planned, it is written, it is artistically crafted and paced from beginning to end the whole entire work of art is there once it's done it's done nothing is added to it they don't continue it on further they let it be as it is and you can watch it and enjoy it and they don't continue to add to it and kind of degrade the original product and i respect that so much because like i feel like there's more artistic integrity in something that knew what it was going to be to begin with and didn't make it up as it was going I just bugs the heck out of me when you can tell that they started making things up as they were going just to just to, I don't know how to necessarily relate that to books or video games because books are just a different thing. I don't know. Books, they're usually more self-contained. And even when they are kind of going in a series, I'm sure that like Wheel of Time. I'm sure there are certain things that can overstay their welcome, especially when there's the danger, like what happened with Wheel of Time, where the the author died before mm -hmm. he finished the last book. Like, oh, great. Oh, you should probably, I don't know, you should probably not just have these things keep going forever because at some point someone's going to die and the whole thing is just in limbo and it never ended, you know? Yeah. So anyways, you always run those kind of risks too. But in terms of video games and stuff, these the, those are just way more self-contained. A TV series, it goes and it's the same thing the whole time. But for video games, you've got different console generations. You have all sorts of different things that kind of help make them be a little different from each other the next iteration, the way that TV shows don't really have. Hmm. Uh, one thing that uh, Riker's Beard brought up and that I was I was planning on talking about Mm -hmm. um, is that the the way TV has traditionally worked in or, or the most successful television shows in America have been sitcoms, right? I mean, like going yeah. back to like freaking like Cheers and Mash <laughs> and yeah, and, everybody and, loves Raymond or Seinfeld or Friends. Yeah, Friends is the, a good example there. The idea is to not necessarily write a story or a plot. But right. to have a cast of really interesting people in place to where you would essentially have years and years and years worth of material that you can just keep writing because you have the right personalities in the mix. So it's it's not like that there needs to necessarily even be a beginning, middle, and end because it's not a story. It's just a setting. Right in which you can play yeah, it as matters a less what is happening and more who it's happening to yeah and so like that yeah. that i think as long as you have creative people there who are passionate about continuing i mean that that to me is a format in which it more or less could just go on indefinitely as long as until someone dies <laughs> as long as the people who whoever 
are creating it still care about it or still passionate sure. about it. And this yeah. is kind of where like uh because I, I was I can't remember where I saw this. I, I swear I saw it. I can't I couldn't find it again though. But it was around the time that Family Guy was entering oh, its yeah. like tenth or eleventh season or something like that. Um and Seth MacFarlane, he he didn't necessarily admit he didn't want to do the show anymore but it was implied that like he was kind of done with it but that i mean they just keep doing it like it just goes on and on which is funny because it was canceled really early i think it made it was season three seasons yeah it was canceled and then it was kind of revived later when the dvd sales were popular or something like that well adult swim Adult Swim is yeah. what uh, saved Family Guy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, anyways, I think the video I was watching where this quote came from was talking about, like, the death of Family Guy. Like, when was it that Family Guy died or whatever? And, you know, the guy gave his reasons in whatever episode number or something like that. But I thought it was interesting that Seth MacFarlane uh, said something like, you know, what what he felt the right number of um, seasons for a show is seven. And there was somebody in the chat, I think it was Xenochad, brought up seven seasons as well. Almost all the Star Trek shows that didn't get canceled early lasted seven seasons. Uh, the original series got canceled before it got there, and Enterprise got canceled before it got there, but The Next Generation was seven seasons, uh, Voyager was seven seasons, and Deep Space Nine was seven seasons. I don't know what it is about that number seven that seems to be the magic number for some people. Huh. Um, but, yeah, Riker's Beard, that's the one I'm talking about. He His hypothesis was, or his thesis was that the show died when they killed Brian in uh, in Family Guy, and then they ended up bringing him back. Anyways, they were trying to do something different with the show, trying to take a different direction, do something different with it. But people were so upset that they kind of forced yeah. him to be brought back. And ever since then, I think they just haven't really cared. <laughs> uh, the writers, sure. and especially Seth MacFarlane for Family Guy, you know, he's more interested in doing other stuff. But yeah, I think that in essence, uh, that's been kind of the bedrock of American television is that format and within that format i mean like theoretically you can go as long as you want but sure but it's not it's only been like kind of recently that we've seen serialized uh television becoming really popular in america where, where you have like a full story being told it's more like the plot is more what we're focusing on than just like a group of people that who knows what wacky thing's going to happen in the next self-contained well, episode, you know? That's all. I know you did mention, I think, Deep Space Nine, but for the most part, you're referring to comedies, right? With the sitcoms yeah. and with the, you know, most of the TV, American TV shows that we're talking about. We're mostly referring to comedies and that they can go on indefinitely forever, right? But... Um, well, I was actually going to bring up um, this. this didn't. But I feel like uh, something like Samurai Champloo is oh, yeah. also the type of setup that could work for a long time like that. Because the, sure. the goal 
was made very vague from the beginning. She's like, I want to find the samurai that smells of sunflowers. And that's all she says to them. And so, like, most of the episodes are them just trying to survive in the Edo period in Japan. Where are we going to get food? Like, what's going to happen in this next town? How are we going to get money? You know, they're they're trying to just kind of get by. And so that leads to all of these situations you can kind of create with this kind of core group of people that have a dynamic that's interesting to watch and that you can kind of play and have fun with. And, uh, you know, that I think is probably the best way to approach television because that you, the entire goal is we want to run this thing as long as possible. That's my, that's the problem, but you're right. (laughs) That is the goal. The goal of American TV is the problem to me. (laughs) Well, if that's, if that's what they're looking for. Right. If what they're looking right. for is we want to run this thing for as many seasons as possible, especially it if it money. becomes popular, yeah. then right. I think the goal of the creator should be to not necessarily have a plot centered sort of show, but right. just let's get a really great little core group of characters here that we can in every episode will just be like an entirely different thing. Right, a self-contained yeah. new story. So I, I have a question, just generally speaking, about Samurai Champloo. This is, I think, this might get to the heart of the issue for me. Samurai Champloo is like your, probably your favorite anime, right? Yeah, it's if it's not number one, it's probably number two or three. Yeah, it's up there. Me too. It's one of my favorites as well. Would it still be your favorite anime if it were still running right now? If it were I mean, on its 12th season, episode 205, would speaking, you still be saying that's that's my favorite anime? Speaking realistically, I mean, because this is where we we kind of have to find out when. When is that point that it begins to overstay its welcome, right? I mean... Right. <laughs> I Realistically speaking, I'm sure that they they probably wouldn't have remained passionate enough to carry a thing on that long, right? Eventually, the fatigue, the writer's fatigue of working on the same project for so many years will lead to a lot of bad episodes Mm -hmm. um, or just running out of ideas or whatever it is. That leading to, okay, I've this season had way more bad episodes than previous seasons. Eventually, the audience begins to wane and fall off, and that's when they decide... Okay, now let's do a series finale and end it <laughs> to bring everyone back to like see the ending, right? But yeah. I, I again, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm saying that theoretically, you could carry that on for a long time. Not necessarily that I think you should. Practically, I, I would say ninety nine percent of the time you never should, <laughs> um, because, and I, I guess I'm just approaching it from the standpoint of just general artistic integrity, right? Because I understand that a show that can go on forever in the capitalist system will go on forever because it can. And the corporations will always favor those types of shows that can continue to be made forever without Tons of effort without much artistic integrity. Honestly, that's the way I see it. Um, I'm not trying to point fingers or calling one out. I just, 
I feel like, artistically speaking, it's missing a ton. It is very lacking when it continues to be drawn on for that long, especially because, as you mentioned, like writer's fatigue and just like like artists get tired of doing the same thing over and over. They do. And it's inevitable. It always happens. And you need to not only... Uh, anyways, okay, so my whole point was that I think Samurai Champloo, even if it had season two or three, would not be considered as good of a show anymore. Because you talk about the whole show. It was so well-crafted. It was so good. And the characters were so interesting that that's what made it so good. But were it to continue on, even if it just went on more episodes, it was still season one, but season one had 50 episodes. Um, The likelihood that it would have been as good of a story or as good of a show, just generally speaking, it, it, it starts to go down. Probably somewhere around the 20 episode mark is what I'd say that it just starts going down. Like you better start wrapping the show up soon because, um, you know, artistically speaking, things just take a nosedive after a certain amount of time has passed. And that's just, that's just the fact of being an artist. You can't keep going on the same things over and over forever, especially when the main goal of it is to, to make money. And so it's just really, I don't know. I feel like there's something to be said there. Um, especially in the fact that Korean dramas, they're usually about 20 episodes long. And I feel like they're able to maintain an incredible amount of artistic integrity over the entire project from beginning to end, despite a lot of the corporate elements that come into it, because it is a self-contained story from the very beginning. I, I just, I don't know. That that would be my main argument here. Well, I, I agree. And I think especially if you're telling like a plot-centered story, um, well, it doesn't necessarily need to be plot-centered, but something with a strong plot. You know, you need a beginning, middle, and end. Like you do. That's a, that's a story arc. What do you have? You, the our little need, arc thing. It's the. Yeah. Da, da, da. You need you to have, have the every arc. story has to have that. And if if you just stay on the rising action forever and ever and ever, and you're First not getting to, like this, this is the problem with lost, right? Is it that is. they, they hooked you with a mystery, but they just kind of prolonged and withheld information yeah. forever to the forever. point where you, you started to just like not care anymore about because, Oh, they're just going to, they're just going to keep teasing this reveal, but I'm never actually going to get the answers that I'm looking for. So you check out. Right, I think I checked out with Lost after season two, because it was just like, okay, this is just going to keep going. Me too. And I started. It was in the middle of season two, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I see what's happening now. Season yeah. one was so cool, and once you got into season two, and they started introducing all these new, random, different, weird things, it was like, yeah. okay, this goes for seven seasons. I'm out. I'm out. I don't got that kind of time. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's a pretty easy answer for something like that. It's like, yeah. Plan that out, you know, don't, don't probably run it any longer than a season or two. Um, otherwise, it's just going to be, not only is it just dragging out sort of the, the resolutions people are looking for, especially when they have to right. wait during the off season or whatever. Um, yeah. But beyond that, you start to like forget, like the audience will start to forget key information. Like yeah. here's here's something really key we showed you back in season one of a show. Now we're seven years later, 
and the payoff for that thing's going to happen. You know, what they'll do is they'll do a little like recap at the beginning of yeah, the episode to catch you up again. Or, yeah. But the fact that that's even necessary in the first place means this thing is it's it's bordering on just being too long. Like you can't even remember all the stuff you're supposed to remember, right? Um however, I think that with shows that are not plot centered like that and you're right this is mostly just comedies that we right. that we really have seen good examples of that that just continue yeah. to run and you know like Seinfeld shows <laughs> like that you could you could just pop in anywhere in the series you don't have to watch that in order at all it's like you like don't. anywhere in its however many years of its run it was on television you could just pop into any one episode and you pretty much like are oriented like you don't need context necessarily uh because they they do a good job in each episode of like you have those four distinct people you know who they are and um and so like all the situations play out and it's all about just the dynamic of those people together if you have a show like that i think that you can last a lot longer on television than just one or two seasons but they're you you really need to i think the creators and the writers need to really be aware of their own mental fatigue on it and be like okay i'm starting to lose passion for this and that's the time when you should wrap up but you know obviously it's more complicated than that i i would i would argue that point (laughs) and say that's when it's too late that's when you should have stopped last year or whatever when, when you're Probably. starting to feel fatigued and you're like okay i think i'm finishing up that's when you've overstayed that, that it's too late i would say at that point yeah and riker's beard is bringing up good examples uh like cop dramas or um yeah uh what do you call it like if you have law and order the prosecutors and yeah the- uh or um you know like uh, you have uh investigators um <clears throat> What was that show? Psych? That was a comedy, but like right. they, that was a comedy. But yeah, every episode going on forever. It's like a mystery. Every every yeah, episode is like a mystery they're trying monk. to solve. Yeah, Monk. Yeah, like uh, there's th- those types of um, shows. I I really do feel like they can go for a number of seasons because again, you don't even have to watch them in order. You don't. You could miss right, like four episode. weeks and yeah, then right. come in. Oh, I haven't seen this in a month, and just pop in the next episode. You you're good. Sure. There are certain things usually they will they will totally like um have like some kind of uh romantic subplot where they're just gonna like blue ball yeah. that for like eight years. Exactly, little by little. <laughs> oh, he keeps getting rejected. He who's this close this time. Oh, they sort of started to like kind of like each other, but no, they'll keep just like with that can be frustrating, yeah. right? It's like for <laughs> so many years it's I just like, dude, I'm that's, that's totally I care, what it is. don't care about this anymore. So yeah. you'll still have that. But anyways, um yeah, it's it, it's it's impossible because you'll have a whatever studio is producing it or whatever uh, i guess network is is producing the show they're going to want that thing to run until it's not until it doesn't make money anymore until it stops making as much money yeah uh now i i don't know where this magical number seven came from right because star trek is one of the historical religious divine numbers (laughs) Because that seems to work. Like, 
now th- with the next generation, which I-, I hold that the next generation, as far as Star Trek goes, the best of the next generation is the best Star Trek you can see. The best episodes, which span between seasons three and uh, six, um, there's a span there of probably like almost 35 straight episodes that are just like freaking excellent. Like not a single one is bad for just like two years straight (laughs) of just like remarkably well-written television, right? And then it kind of starts teetering a bit midway through season five and six you'll have a bad episode thrown in there once in a while and then like a third of the seventh season is kind of not great so it it kind of teetered and fell off and so it felt like this thing has worn itself out a bit uh so it should end but deep space nine was really great all the way through and that's one of the rare instances I've seen of a television show that long. Because, I mean, this is at a time not only when they have like 30 episodes per season or something like that, 20-something-ish. Not only do they have a lot of episodes, but each one's like freaking an hour long. So this is like a ton, a ton yeah. of stuff, right? And for almost, almost seven straight seasons the first season's a little bit rocky usually with star trek they they take a while to find their footing mm. but i don't know i would say say season two and beyond i could i could probably like on one hand count the number of bad episodes in uh deep space nine it's just like super super good but i think that i mean i literally couldn't come up with another example other than that where a season or a show could run for multiple seasons for that much time and be engaging every single episode all the way through until it ended. And it ended really satis in a really satisfying way. Like it's almost like lightning in a bottle that everyone else is trying to recreate because, Oh, it worked that time. Yeah. So let's see, maybe we can do it with these other things. And it just, it just keeps But even, but even still, I think the only reason that, they canceled, not canceled, but wrapped it up is because Deep Space Nine never had the ratings that uh, TNG had. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It, it was that's always close. kind of, it was always kind of in that space where it's like, they don't know if they're going to keep it going. They're not, they don't know if they'll renew their season than they do kind of a thing. Huh. Uh, I know that the, the showrunner at the time basically fought for it for years to keep it going. Uh, as long as it did. Yeah. Voyager had that kind of problem too, where it, you never knew if it was going to get renewed for another season than it would. But they, they all lasted seven seasons until Enterprise. That only went four, I think. But um, I don't know. It, it It's tough, but I guess like long, long winded answer is that uh, if, if you're, if you're telling a plot center story not every you're going to have each episode flowing together in one cohesive story i think one season's perfect maybe I, two I, I think maybe that's two what, yeah you should aim for one because that's the only thing that's guaranteed like you have no idea yeah. if you're going to be able to make season 2 or not you don't know yeah so make season 1 just make it as if that's all you're going to be able to make yeah and good example I I did not like season two of Stranger Things, and uh, I didn't either. Holy I hated cow! It, it was not I good. hated it. It was not good. Yeah. It was just not good. Um, I just watched Stranger Things season three, though. I forgot to mention that at the beginning. I finished it just uh, 
yesterday, I think. <laughs> I in season two, but I, people have been telling me to watch it, Not and it's like I'm going to, but like I don't have this any kind of strong desire to do it. Like, right? You're not as excited about it, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Season one was so good, though. Season one was just incredible. <laughs> and then two, of course, they'll never recreate that again, which is why I think that, they should stop trying. Now that actually brings up another example, though, of of what I think you can do. Right? They didn't know that they were going to be able to make a season two of that. Where where you could have the same brand name like stranger things or something like that right but do multiple seasons but each season have a different characters an anthology right each season is like a different place with different people a whole new direction and they don't need to hammer this this mid 80s theme over and over like maybe season two could have been set in the 70s maybe season three could have been set in the in the 90s you know like yeah I don't know. They they didn't need to pigeonhole themselves the way that they did. And and I understand why they did it. They wanted to keep making a ton of money. But like And but they could. Two, That's my point. Two was not where they were going after season 1. It just wasn't. And like it the show should have ended. It shouldn't have gone. Yeah, but like they they totally could though cuz it's kind of like the Twilight Zone, right? The Twilight Zone is another show. Oh yeah. format that I feel yeah, like can last true. forever. Because it's kind of like Black yeah. Black Mirror. I don't know if you've seen any episodes yes, of Black Mirror. Yes, yeah, I have. Black Mirror is awesome. I love it. It's yeah. one of my favorite modern shows. I, this last season that just came out was kind of bad. But um, I really love Black Mirror because you can bring in, like, different filmmakers for, like, every episode you do. Like, you can get really creative every That's time. That's true, yeah. And it's almost like yeah. it's a new thing, even though it's all un- falls under the same umbrella of Black Mirror or Twilight Zone or what could have been Stranger Things, right? And that you can keep the show fresh for mm. a super long time and have lots of seasons, but you're not like running yourself into the ground or, or having to keep the same filmmakers on the same project or the same writers on the same project for years and years and years until they are like tired of it or they oh, just right, don't right, have any more right. ideas anymore. You can keep like switching in new people and you can keep it feeling like really different and fresh every time. And uh, I think that's a format that can go for a long time. Like Black Mirror, I could see that going for many, many years and me still being interested in it because it's literally just different people every single time. It's like a different it's like a different show every single time, which is kind of what we're getting at. Right. You want to keep it. Yeah. Concise, succinct, like tell your story and then do a new thing. But you can do a new thing without having to create a new name or like pitch yeah. something new necessarily. It can still fall under the same show. Um. Anyways, totally. oh, there was one uh, comment here that I wanted to read. It's from Flaky Anthony. He said, "I believe with some shows it may need at least three seasons." Okay, I don't agree with that, but he does have a good point. Following, he says, considering how large the world world and lore is for example firefly got canceled after its first season but i believe if the show continued it would have needed three to five seasons to feel satisfying now firefly is that's a very good example that does make me think a little bit because that show should have gone on longer however you are never guaranteed more than one season if people finish season one of the show and that's it the show doesn't continue after that and it wasn't satisfying that 
that's not on the corporation for not feeling as though they made enough money off of it to green light season two. That's on the artist for, for creating a show that wasn't satisfying in the ending that didn't like, I, I don't, I don't agree. Like I understand that the world and lore was super huge and needed, you know, maybe, but 20 hours or however long Firefly ended up going, that's enough to tell a very good story in a very large world. Like movies do this kind of stuff in two or three hours. You, you can, you can do that in a one season of a TV show. You can have a very expansive lore and world. And if you approach it correctly, you can make it a very, very, very like good show with a satisfying ending. And that's all that you should be trying to do in my opinion, because like what happened, didn't get greenlit for season two. What do you do now? You've got this show that's like cool and interesting. The characters are nice, but it just kind of leaves you hanging and then it's and then it's done. There's nothing more. And that's the artist's fault for not doing anything uh, better with what they had, I guess, with not for not creating a more satisfying season one. Because there's no there's never a guarantee for a season two. And you're an artist first. You're not a corporate salesman first. You're an artist. Create a story that works with a cast that works in the time that the company that is gracious enough to give you money to make your art in the first place has given you. And it was one season and that that's what, that's all they had. And that's all that was guaranteed for them. And they shouldn't have been gunning for more. That, that would be the fault of the artist. I would, I would just throw that up there. Um, given what I just said, yeah, the, they clearly planned for three to five seasons of Firefly, but that's on the artist. They, they, they couldn't do it. And there was never any guarantee of that. So they should have just made a killer season one instead of making a season one that hopefully we can still continue it going for five years. Um, he Let's does bring up here because a lot of people probably won't like what I just said. <laughs> Flaky uh, Anthony does say overall, I think the key is balance. My personal preference is five seasons. Breaking Bad was nearly flawless for five seasons. So bringing up Breaking Bad or The Sopranos or The Wire. These are shows that did run multiple seasons that I think universally nobody felt like they ever dragged. Um, so it's not yeah. like it can't be, and they're plot centered. These are like, you know, the Sopranos kind of like really cemented yeah. that as a popular thing in American That's television, right? right? Keeps coming back to. Um, so it certainly can be done, but you, you then also wonder how much of that story was planned from the start. Like, did they plan five seasons? Did they, you know... If season one wasn't satisfying, then I would say clearly they were planning something else. Well, I think I I would differentiate... They they just were kind of poor. I would differentiate it being satisfying versus just finished yet. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Fellowship of the Ring is probably the most satisfying movie I've ever seen in my life, but it certainly isn't complete. That's true. That's a good point, yeah. But like you, the end of that movie comes up and it's like, it felt really good when it was over. You didn't feel like you were left hanging because they, 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 and this is actually something that I've been playing around with, with the novel that I'm writing too, because I've extended the story to such a degree to where like the, the beginning, the the first novel is going to end and it's essentially the, um, the inciting incident for all the characters has happened, <laughs> but uh, like we haven't really like gotten into like 
anywhere close to like the climax of the story yet. So how do you re- resolve right. this and make it feel self-contained and feel good and satisfying as a single read without finishing it? Right. And, uh, I, I mm-hmm. feel like the fellowship of the ring is, is a perfect template for that because if you even we're just talking about the movie here, not even the novel necessarily, which also does this, but at the end of that movie, you feel uplifted. You feel good, even though the situation's really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> like Marion Pippin just got kidnapped by orcs. Just got kidnapped. Boromir yeah, just got freaking jacked. jacked. And, but like the sentiment Gandalf shared. Out. Yeah, Gandalf, as far as you know, is dead. He's and <laughs> um, like and Sam and uh, and uh, Frodo, well. Frodo was trying to go off by himself, right? So it's like a really kind of depressing place where they're leaving off. But the sentiment shared by Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli is very positive at the end there. You know, the, it ends with him saying, let's hunt some orc. And it's like this, yeah, yeah! like, all right. Like, it's a really like positive beat, even though the situation is super dire. And I think that you can end a season of a show similarly. Where I'm not saying in something like Breaking Bad you should ever have that tone because that's not what it's going for, but you can leave something unresolved without it feeling unsatisfying. I think that's kind of the point. That's a good. That's a good differentiation. I'm arriving. There's at. something else here. Riker's beard made a comment. He's made a lot of comments. Very good. I'm sorry we can't read all of them, but we're 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 reading them and it's influencing what we're saying here. But this specific comment was interesting. Riker's beard says Firefly was a product of its time. It came out in the late '90s before Sopranos. Back then, nobody would have greenlit a self-contained one episode. One episode. I think he means one season. A self-contained yeah. contained one season show. Um. But that is kind of my point in that I prefer Korean stuff <laughs> to American stuff because Americans have this thing where it's like, oh, we won't greenlight a season of a one season show because we want we want to potentially create 20 seasons and make a billion dollars off of it. And whereas in Korea, they just aren't like that. The incentives aren't like that. It's not the the incentive structure isn't the exact same way it is in the United States, where it's like, okay, every show needs to have 20 seasons and we're gonna milk every last cent sent out of every single production that we have and everything needs to be made with the plans for 20 up 20 seasons even though it's we're only green lighting season one um in korea they don't have that pressure they don't have that um incentive structure it's just totally different and it's okay to make um a one season show and i and in my opinion that is artistically uh the best way to go and artistically, you get some really, really good results uh, from Korean TV that I feel like a lot of American shows are lacking, specifically in the story story element. So Xenochad just brought up Supernatural, 14 seasons. So <laughs> here's here's my beef with uh, Supernatural. Season one or two of that show is okay, but like I'm never going to watch 14 seasons. Yeah, of here's my here's my beef with what Supernatural is trying to do. It's trying to have the best of both worlds. It's trying to have its cake and eat it too kind of a thing. Now, I've only seen like a little bit of the beginning, but they set up a really strong goal for the characters, which is to sort of resolve the mystery of what happened to their mother, I think, right? Like how their mother was killed. Like find out what circumstance led to it and like resolve that mystery. Yeah, the, but yeah. it it the also tr- it also tries to be 
a show where every episode can be this self-contained little like ghost story mystery thing, right? So it's like we have the two brother dynamic, you know, these characters uh, kind of playing into that format I was talking about where it's like, oh, we can put them into all kinds of situations and indefinitely just continue to make this. And, and just like every episode will be a different kind of like uh, ghost story or whatever. But at the same time, they still have this overarching story that they'll return to every now and then. Yeah. And this is kind of like what a lot of anime does. Um, yes, anime does this a lot. Naruto, One Piece. These shows that go on forever and Hundreds like episodes, yeah. Probably like the 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 majority of it is filler episodes. Yeah. You have to do that if you're gonna go on for that long. Yeah. Like I remember I remember getting pissed off even as a kid at Pokemon, the anime. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> like when they finally got to the gym, because we were playing the game too, like the Game Boy game. And so I knew that the end of the story was uh, defeating the, what do they call them? The elite eight or what are they called? The, the, the eight trainers, gym dudes at the end. Yeah, whatever gym people are, yeah. The tournament thing at the end of the game. Yeah. I'm not the biggest Pokemon fan. I played that one game one time many, many years ago. Um, in any case, you, you fight the elite four. Thank you. Anyways, you you fight like those trainers at the end and then you win. You become a Pokemon master. That's the whole thing. So, I don't I don't remember which sh- season of the anime he he got into that tournament, but he he tries to use his Charizard which evolved too quickly and it it doesn't obey him. Right. right? It wouldn't listen to him, yeah. Which was kind of a a, a cool little tie into the video game. If you evolve yeah, your Pokemon right. too quickly and you're not le- leveled high enough, you can't, they won't obey your commands. But like as soon as that happened and I knew that, oh, he didn't win the tournament, it's going to be like, I don't know how many more seasons before we get back here and try this again. I was out. Mm-hmm. I was out. I was out with that show. I was like, nope, they're just going continue- to drag this on forever. He's never going to freaking win. He'll never be a Pokemon master. And as far as I understand, it's been 20 Ash-, years. <laughs> Ash is still the main character of that anime, yeah. right? It's still going. And he's still not a freaking Pokemon master. Nope. <laughs> there are different side characters every few seasons, but he's still the main character. Now, I've watched Diamond and Pearl, the show, maybe about 10 years ago. I've been watching it in Spanish, and um, that's the only way I'd watch it. I'm not watching it for fun or anything. I'm just watching it <laughs> in Spanish. But I was like, oh, Pokemon, let's do that one. And and it's still Ash. He's still doing his thing. And it's just so funny because they keep like expanding the universe the way the games keep doing it. Um, but at the same time, Ash is getting freaking nowhere, dude. He is getting nowhere. And I would be so disappointed if I was a kid who'd followed the show for the last 20 years. Yeah. Man. See, and that's my yeah. So, yeah, So I think that, but a lot of anime do that where they have the overarching plot. Uh, you could pick it out, whether it's Roroni Kenshin. I start watching Ple- Bleach, but it just yeah. so much, so much filler. Bleach or One Piece or Naruto, there is a central kind of plot or goal that they kind of establish early on, and they'll just kind of like return and touch on it in an episode every once in a while. But they have literally hundreds of episodes of filler that have nothing to do with that, that are trying to take advantage of the format, the the the, the Seinfeld format. 
which is we got our we got all our group of characters together and they're dynamic and we'll just throw them into a new situation and just kind of see what happens. And again, I, I feel like uh, you you shouldn't probably try to do both too much because you'll end up dragging the thing out forever and you won't get to the resolution of the thing that people got hooked on, like the reason they started watching it. Uh, Full Metal Alchemist, for instance, I think has a number of episodes that don't really touch on sort of like the main plot or whatever, but it doesn't go on for hundreds of episodes. I think it's like 50 something total or 60 yeah. maybe. It does get a bit long, but, but it's you know, long. They at least capped it off, you know, before two. Chrissy, <laughs> Chrissy and I were watching it. I remember loving Full Metal Alchemist. I mean, both of them. I watched both of them, the original and yeah. the, and the Brotherhood. And um, honestly, Brotherhood gets rid of a lot of that of the filler. filler stuff yeah. and that's why a lot of people prefer brotherhood i think i also but the I, ending, but you know i i liked full metal alchemist but when i was watching it through with her we didn't finish it and it's yeah. been i don't know how many years since we were watching it together but we didn't finish it and this is what i'm this is what i'm saying it kind of overstayed yeah. its welcome even as much as i like sure. it it kind of does it just goes yeah. on too long and, and when you have a clear arc in place and you know where you're at at the beginning you have a hook you you have your middle in mind and the end in mind, and you take that long to get there. Uh, it can just be tough to hang in there for that long. It can kind of feel like it overstays its welcome. Yeah. Too many episodes. You know, I actually I want to bring up a show. I'm going to bounce this off of you and the people in the chat real quick because I feel like this is probably the best way to get away with a multi-season show. Um, and I, it's rated TVY7, but. <laughs> Uh, this is this is Avatar. This is the original Avatar show on Nickelodeon. Mm. Um, this is that two or three seasons long. That it's show three, but the and they, they titled them specifically, and they clearly planned to make all three seasons right because he's an Airbender. He already knows air and all that stuff. We missed mm -hmm. his past. You you get caught up on it through flashbacks, but it's air. But then each of the next um, chapters, each of the next seasons are called books. It's the book of water because he's learning water. And then the book of fire, then the book of, ah, right. of earth. Or, right. So, so he, he ends up learning all of these different things at different times throughout the show. Um, and clearly just by just, just by titling season one, uh, book one water, right. Is like, okay, they're, they're clearly planning on this going longer. Right. But season one of that show is extremely good. <laughs> it ends it in a very, um, it ends in a very fulfilling way, but clearly they were planning on it going longer. Now the, the, the episodes are like 20 minutes long. I don't have a problem with uh, the way that avatar kind of did things. Now, I don't know exactly why. I don't know if anybody in the chat or if you Mike, have any uh, comments on that, but it did only run for three seasons. Um, and it was clearly planned from the beginning. It went its three seasons. It was over. It was very over and it was extremely satisfying. It's a very good show. Very well, very well paced, very well made. I think, um, I'm also watching avatar in Spanish, <laughs> like currently, nice. which nice. is super fun. Uh, but I've seen that show probably four or five times and it's, it is extremely well made and they do have some filler every now and then there's an episode that's like, okay, that didn't really advance the plot at all. Yeah. Right. But for the most part, it's like, 80 20 you know 80 percent advancing the plot 20 percent filler is what i was what i'd say um and it, enough to where you know you're, you're getting through it pretty quickly but clearly they were planning on doing a little bit more and maybe they shouldn't have um but you need all three seasons of that show 
you yeah. that show doesn't work in just three or in just one season. And um, but that first season is really good. And the way they wrap it up, it's almost as if they were they were it's almost as if they tried to to have it both ways, where they're like with Fellowship of the Ring. You've got a big thing that's happening that pe- that people need to look forward to, but at the same time, you've wrapped it up such that like it's it's just a really good show. I don't know. It's just a really good show. I don't know how to explain it. But I want to read some of the commands. I, I think that's a good one to bring up, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yeah. Because I think that that is pretty much the, for me, the title example of being able to do both things. But I think you're right in in saying that it has an 80-20, maybe if we're being super generous, we'll call it 70-30 split of sure. 70% we're moving forward, 30% we're having filler. Whereas I think you can get away with that about that much if you're going to try and do both things uh, as long as your characters are really strong so the filler episodes can have really good uh, character play um, and I think for me three seasons is more of my magic number That's like we have right yeah we have people here saying seven or five you're more of a one type of guy for me three is kind of where it's like if it goes longer than three it better be really really good um (laughs) and it better have been planned to be that way from the yeah or or at least be set up in such a way to where the characters are so endearing like a star trek bridge cast like tng or something to where i love those characters so much you just can't get enough of them like i i could have data every day of my life forever (laughs) yeah data's beast Data is like the, one of the greatest characters ever invented. I, can, I can't get enough data, right? So if you can, if you could keep data going on forever, I would watch it as long as... Uh, anyways, you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but for me, about three seasons is, is the right number. Um, beyond that, it starts to feel like too much. Um, but uh, but Be- Avatar is, is a great example of doing both. It did both really well. And it, it, and it ended in three seasons and it felt like the appropriate length. Yeah. And even though it was so good, when it came time, when the, the pressure was mounting and it was like, make something new, you know, or not make something new, make Avatar again, please, uh, because people were really clamoring for it. They went with The Legend of Korra. Now, I have huge criticisms of Legend of Korra. I don't think it's a very good show, actually. Season one was okay, but it just goes downhill. This is part of the problem. This is what would have happened to Avatar were they to if continue. It had- is what going you see in of Korra, yeah. right? Yeah. And would people still be saying, "Oh, Avatar was my favorite show as a kid," if it, Avatar went on for seven seasons and had the Legend of Korra plotline going all the way trailing through to the very end? It's not. It's you. You. I don't know. It's not very good. <laughs> you. You. Three seasons was perfect. They stopped. the The creators of Avatar should have done something very different. I don't think they should have even made Legend of Korra because it. I don't think it was very good. Um. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that that's the risk you run when when the money, when the, the corporations are telling you what to do and you're trying to figure it out and and you're not doing it because you want to. You're doing it because this is who's going to pay you the most money. It's and been commissioned. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, OK, well, OK, I'll make more seasons of Avatar. Let's do it a little different. But OK. And then it's like. Not very inspired. It's not very good, you know? Yeah. 
there was somebody who asked <laughs> the earlier. How about six seasons and a movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Avoid that if possible. But I mean, it's not impossible to make it good. Um, there was somebody who asked if Final Fantasy could be considered an anthology series because we had talked about uh, something like Black Mirror or The Twilight Zone where it's an anthology series and everything's so kind of a d- different thing, right? Final Fantasy is that, and what's kind what of, I find yeah. what I find very interesting is that Hironobu Sakaguchi has always been against the idea of direct sequels, right? Which is the whole reason why Final Fantasy yeah. is the way it is. He didn't want to do another story about the same characters again for the reasons I think we're talking about, like the becoming creatively bankrupt after a certain amount of time, overstaying yeah. your welcome, like running something into the ground. However, you do still want the, from the business side of things, you still want that recognizable brand, that name, that has staying power, and that it becomes a household thing. Like, you know what that is, and anytime a new thing regarding that property is announced, people get excited for it, but you can still stay really creative every single time and not retread or rehash or, you know, run something into the ground. Uh, I think... I think that um, Final Fantasy was a great example of that from 1 to about 10, 12. Uh, and then they started doing direct sequels for 10, 2, and 13, 2, and Lightning Returns. And that's, that's where you start to see the problems that we're talking about, where something feels commissioned. It feels like it's a response to criticism or yeah. that they, <laughs> they want to reuse assets to maximize their profits. It does not feel like a genuine thing where the original dictated, oh, this thing's not over. 13's the best, the best, worst example I can think <laughs> of. Bad example. <laughs> where it's like, that story was over, man. Like, that story concluded. It was done for sure. And then the way that they take the ending that was a definite ending, resolution, final, over the end, and made it into a nope. What really happened is this. And they they change it. They like retcon that ending so that they can like keep it going again. That's exactly what we're talking about here. This is where the story was not planned to be this at all. But they're just continuing it because the assets are made. We can quickly turn a profit. Yeah, that's I make that money. That's how that happens. Um, so the final, any of the Final Fantasy direct sequels, I think, are great examples of how not to do it in a satisfying way from a storytelling perspective. They should just keep making a new thing, not trying to retread old ground, right? Yeah, which is the Korean way to do things, and. I totally agree with that, generally speaking. Because when you look at the, even when they went back and made like Crisis Core and they expanded Final Fantasy VII, it's like, oh, come on, guys, it, that doesn't that doesn't help. <laughs> that doesn't help people's perception of the original, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I think we've said good I deal about so. that. Set our piece on that. We'll move on here to our community stories, real quick. Um, I'm going to do this one first. This is a uh, Symphonikev, who we have featured in the past. Um, he we we showed one of his uh, his uh, songs. 
on one of the previous podcasts. He he sent it another one. I really like it. Let me uh, put it on the screen here. Uh, so let me put actually let me put this um link into the chat so people can check it out. And of course, it'll also be in the description. Um. But let's go ahead and play his music. I'm just going to play it here for about a minute, and then you guys can listen to the rest on your own time. Sounds like Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I'm going to pause it there. Um, so check out his channel. Uh, subscribe. But uh, he's also um, put a couple things into our Discord in our, uh, I think it's in the video game music channel that we have on there. Um, a couple just doodles and little things that he's worked on. Um, he's really good. I think he's a, he's a very good composer. Um, he's got a future in uh, in writing for games, I feel. So... Keep it up, Symphonic Kev. I'm a fan of your stuff. I especially like this doodle. I'm just going to play it. It's just like a little 20-second thing here in Discord. But I really liked this. Sweet, me too. This this guy definitely knows how to write JRPG music. We need to get him on a game. Any of you guys out there making a game? Hit up Symphonica for some music. He knows what he's doing, man. Okay, so thank you for sending that in. Uh, last thing here, just a question from Michael Melconian. So the PlayStation Classic was a bust. We all know that. Still, I really liked the episode you did predicting what you thought the lineup would be based on what the 20 best and or representative games for the console were. I'd be curious to hear what your picks for a well-done PS2 classic would be, even if you don't have time to apply the same methodology. That would be really cool. Thanks. Um, not going to apply the same methodology. That would take forever. But uh, as as far as just picking... I, th- I thought I had it pulled up here. A list of games that a bunch of them I would have put on there. Uh, let me try and pull it up again. Oh, off the top of my head, Resident Evil 4, Final Fantasy 10 and 12, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3, uh, Devil May Cry and God of War would be for sure on there. Soul Calibur 2, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, uh, Shadow of the Colossus and Eco. Um, 
Dragon Quest Eight. Any of you that you can think of, Kason? Some of your favorite PS2 games? I don't know if you're still here with us. You might have dropped out. Um, I really liked Splinter Cell. I would put Splinter Cell on there. I, d I really dug Splinter Cell. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 should probably be on there. Um, uh, you okay, you're back now. Sorry. Any PS2 games that you would have on there? Gosh, I never really played of? the PS2. I guess you probably have to have like the Soul Calibur stuff like that. Um, hmm. I don't know. Spyro. Spyro was a PlayStation 1 game, Chrissy. I don't think they had a Spyro on PlayStation 2, did they? I don't think so. Um... I mean, there's there's stuff on this list here, like Sly Cooper, uh, Animusha, uh, like Jack and Daxter. These are games that are, are probably good, like Tekken Five, Silent Hill Two, Silent Hill Two. That for sure needs to go on there. Silent Hill Two. Um, there's a a lot of good games on the PlayStation Two that I didn't play. Uh. Because I didn't have PlayStation 2 till the end of the life cycle, and I got it for um, Shadow of the Colossus, mostly. Um, Okami. Okami was pretty good. I played that on the Wii, though. <sighs> Dead or Alive 2. I don't know. I don't have quite the same affinity for the PlayStation 2 that I do for the PlayStation 1. Personally, um, not to say that there wasn't uh, just a wealth of amazing games on the PlayStation 2. There were. I think the PlayStation 2 is the most successful home console that there's ever been. So there was lots of great games on it. It's just that I didn't have it for the majority of that console generation. Um, I had the GameCube, so I don't know how many I've listed, but I've listed at least a few key ones. Uh, they got like Bully on this list. You know that's a that's a Rockstar game. That's supposed to be pretty good. I haven't played it though. Um, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance. These are all games I've heard good things about. I just haven't played. Someone's got Suikoden Three on here. I, I question that. I don't know about that one. I haven't played it, but I've seen enough of it to know that I I don't know if it's quite the classic that like Suikoden or, or Suikoden Two is considered to be. Uh, Shadow Hearts, Shadow Hearts Covenant. I have played that. That game was tight. That was a good game. Time Splitters was fun. Valkyrie Profile Two of what I have played of that was really fun. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus for sure. Uh, Riker's Beard definitely. Legend of Dragoons PS One as well. <laughs> Chrissy, Chrissy's got uh, PS One games on the mind. Anyways, sorry I couldn't give a, a more in-depth answer to that. I think Kaysen is gone for good, so we should probably wrap up the podcast here. But, uh, yeah, I just don't have quite the affinity for the PS2 as I do for the PS1, so. Here's what it is. Rayman 2, Beautiful Joe. These are games that were available on other consoles, too, but uh, it is what it is. Anyways, 
Thanks for watching, everybody. Glad you could be here for this week's podcast. We will see you again next week. Um, appreciate your support uh, for tuning in, for listening, for giving your feedback and your support. Um, I'm going to take off. Uh, as Chrissy is saying, we're going to go get some pizza. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Peace out.